Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic, with Eric Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's happening, Eric? How you doing, man? I'm good. Kids are back in school, so quiet. The house is a lot more quiet. It's nice. Oh, blessed quiet, huh? Uh, when it's when it's quiet in my house, I can just stare at a wall. <laughs> well. The uh, Cardinals series did not go as the Braves had had intended. But, you know, looking back, we probably shouldn't be too surprised. We talked about how grueling those West Coast trips can be. And you said how long it takes your body to kind of readjust to East Coast time, especially the team, you know, when they're on the regimens that they're on. And they're out there on the Pacific Coast time and then mountain in the middle in Colorado for 10 days. And. It just looked like they were kind of hung over in those first couple of games. Just kind of blah, you know, just no atmosphere. Crowds are a little smaller. I mean, still big, 35,000, but small compared to what they've been drawing um, with the kids back in school. And there just wasn't a lot of energy. And then they get behind early. Soroka didn't pitch well at all. And Strider struggled. So those first two games, they really, even though they they hit plenty, the pitching was pretty bad. Um and then uh, last night, Max Fried had one rough inning. The second inning gives up a three-run lead. But after he gave up three runs, he didn't give up anything else. And the offense just exploded last night. And uh, it was a reminder of how good they can be because the offense is so good. Yeah. You know, I always felt with those West Coast trips that you were there just long enough to adjust, and then it was time to leave. Yeah. 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 I mean, I heard guys say that. You know, you you really – you're still getting up so early and I do the same thing. You're still getting up earlier than you ever do when you're out there because your body, it's not till the end of the trip where you start to kind of wake up at a normal time. Yeah. And then you come out here and you're three hours different again. So, you know, it throws them off. And, uh, and then they had, they had some weird stuff going on. You know, they had photo day one day, they banged, uh, the second day, just banged batting practice. I think you could tell that they were just kind of dead and, about an hour before he banged it, and he doesn't usually do that. You know, call it off that or that at that that uh, close to batting practice, and it was perfectly sunny out. But he was just like, you know what? I can sense that there's a little uh, lagging in energy. So, uh, but I thought last night really allowed them to get back on their on their feet and uh, and just crushed Wainwright in his last start here in Atlanta of his career. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> that first pitch he threw to Acuna. It's oh, about 85 right down the middle. I mean, good for him for yeah. hanging on, but, um, you know, we all get old. Four homers off him. I mean, as as bad as he's been this year, ERA-wise, he had not allowed more than two homers in since uh, 2021. More than two homers in a game. He gave up four. He gave up two to Acuna on first pitches, both of them. Yeah, and the second one was a curveball that probably would have been yep. a ball. Yep. That's what he said. Uh, Wainwright, 
I quoted him in my story today. He said, that is a gifted team, man. Really talented. He said the pitches to Harris and Acuna, the second Acuna we're talking about, were low, below the strike zone, would have been balls. He said, what, the one might have been almost in the dirt. You yeah, know? I mean, it's, it's kind of like those are the things that start happening. I mean, he's already announced he's retired, but those are the pitches that start getting hit off you. Yeah. You kind of realize, like, all right, the game's passed me by because – yeah, when you're throwing the pitch that was his signature pitch, I mean, everybody yeah. remembers him throwing that curveball to end the World Series, and it's still tight and has the bite. There's just not as much velo behind everything. But you throw a pitch like a curveball in the dirt, and <laughs> the guy has no problem flicking it out to right center. Granted, he's one of the most talented players in the game, if not the most. But still, you're just like, all right, it's it's getting close. You know, that's how I felt when I started throwing sinkers into lefties that that they never hit. And all of a sudden, they're staying inside it and, and driving it out to left center. It was like, man, you know, I either got to figure out something new yeah, or hang them up. Uh, while I'm thinking about it, I just got, saw a question from uh, Ariston B. said, has a leadoff hitter ever had 100 RBIs? Uh, well, one's about to get it, and it's not Acuna. He's going to get it, but not first. Uh, because Mookie Betts has 99. So, unless Mookie's injury is so bad that he's not going to play again this year, which I haven't heard that yet. He, but he did get hurt last night. He left left on crutches. He fouled a ball off. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I heard he left in crutches. Yeah, but you know how that goes. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be out a long time. Guys do that as kind of a preventive thing because it's so sore initially. Um, yeah, I don't think they have a parking garage to hide in. You know, because I think yeah. a lot of teams will do that just to keep right. some weight off it for a couple of days yeah. and if it's a bone exactly. bruise or whatever. But in L.A., you got to walk right out in front of the fans. So, I mean, it's better than a wheelchair, I guess. Yeah. Uh, actually, they were in Miami last night, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, oh, uh, they were in Miami. Yep. Yep. And the Dodgers, you, would, you wouldn't believe, man, with all the renovations they did. You know how you guys used to have to walk right across the field, out through the center field wall? Yeah. Not like that anymore. Not even the visiting team has to do that anymore. Oh, with the uh, with the renovations, how they dug the stadium out and expanded the clubhouses, there's now a underground tunnel. You guys come out of the clubhouse, which is much further down than it used to be, out out towards right field. They dug out underneath the stadium, uh, and you go out that and and just go down that hallway to the team bus out that way without going outside until you get out to the very end. But anyway. Um, but yeah, Mookie Betts has 99 RBIs and Ronald has 88. Ronald is just, uh, he has really in the last week, I think, grabbed hold of this MVP race after Betts had moved ahead based, you know, largely on war and the incredible August that Betts had. He had kind of vaulted in front of Acuna, but I think Ronald is squarely back in front now. I mean, he's got a real chance now of getting 40-40, but not 40-40. 4070. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a joke. Because I, I, I can't remember. I think we looked it up and there wasn't there wasn't too many guys in that 40 homer club that even got to 50, right? No, 46. I think I looked it up last yeah. night was the high. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Bases. And I'm tired of people saying, you know, okay, maybe it's a little easier to steal bases this year. But if it was so easy, you know, where you could discredit it with the rule changes, there'd be some other guys in that 60, exactly. 70, 80 range. And he's he's up there by himself, minus one guy. That would be a legit argument if you had 10 guys with 55 stolen bases. Yeah. If Ronald Acuna was 63, 
Oakland's Ruiz with 58. And then it drops all the way down to Corbin Carroll, who is fast as hell. He's only been caught five times. He's got 42. He's third in the majors. Then C.H. C.J. Abrams, fast as hell. He's only been caught three times. He's got 40. So don't give me that crap about it's so much easier to steal bases. Because if it was, Arizona is, is, is stealing all the time now. They would have one of these guys with as much as Carroll has been on base. He's got a 362 OBP. He's hitting 281. He'd have more than 42 stolen bases. Ronald has got 50% more stolen bases than the second place guy in the air in uh, National League, Corbin Carroll. 50% yeah. more. Yeah. That that's what I'm saying. You know, it's 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 easy to discredit it and want to discredit it, but I think he deserves all the credit for the season he's putting together cuz I mean, even doing the 30-60s ridiculous. If he gets to 40-70. Yeah. And he might never do it again. You know, once he's done it once and got the set, who knows if he's going to keep running like he does. Uh, I I would think he'd do it for a couple more years, probably, barring some injury or some hamstring issue or something. Um, But enjoy it while you can because this is historic, man. And he's got a real chance because he gets two last night. That's how fast he can do it. You know, he's at 34 homers now, and he's still got, what, uh, 23 games left to get six. Yeah, which is basically a 40-homer pace, you know, one out of every four games. You know, maybe yeah, a little on, more, but it's right he's there. He's on that pace now. He's on that pace now. He's back on that pace now because of uh, the little flurry that he's had recently. Meanwhile, speaking of paces, uh, Olsen, he goes 18 games, 81 plate appearances without a home run. Now he has homered in four consecutive games. And that's what Snit had said during that during the uh, drought. Is that you know you just wait because once he gets once he hits one, this is the kind of guy that can hit him in a bunches and put the team on his back. And he doesn't need to put the team on his back, but he's hitting him in bunches. You know, it's just there's just things that happen throughout the season where it, you're not necessarily struggling, but you know maybe you're releasing the barrel just a tick early. You have this little bit of a habit, and that can be the difference between top spin and backspin. And so you're still hitting balls hard, but they're not going out carrying. And then you make one little adjustment, and all of a sudden those line drives turn into homers. And and guys do that all year. So I never really, I never really freak out or overanalyze it when a guy goes through a spurt where he doesn't hit eight, eight, you know, hit a homer for 18 games, because you know that there's just one little tiny adjustment from hitting five and ten or something like that and getting right back on track. And the same with Ronald. Right. You know, I mean, he's been crushing the ball all year, but this is the first time I feel like he started to have the multi-homer games and really pack him in and I've kind of been waiting all year for him to hit like 10 and, you know, yeah. 20 games or something like that. And, you know, he's fully capable. Yeah. I mean, since that, since that grand slam and, uh, or, or since LA. that home run, the, the yeah, the uh, home run two double game in, in Colorado where the kids ran out on the field, he's kind of been on fire. And then he has that grand slam in LA in the bet in the first game of that series. And it's, it's been no looking back since then, man. <laughs> that homer he hit last night. Should have oh. been a base hit. He just hit it way too hard. I think it was we like hit, a 16-degree launch angle. Yeah, he hits the 19-degree launch angle, and you're like, nobody hits 19-degree launch angles. So then he goes down, six Maybe down degree, the line, but not the center. 16-degree and 19-degree launch angles to dead center field in, in less than a week. Stupid. Nobody else is doing that under no. 25. No, unless it's, you know, you hit one right down the line in Tampa or somewhere with a short fence. Right. You see guys kind of sneak those balls out. But to dead center, I mean, you feel like Wainwright could have jumped for that ball. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was incredible. I looked at, I looked, I couldn't believe when it said 16. I'm like, he went lower than the 19 degree? Jesus. And those are like, those yeah. are the homers that you see out of Judge and Stanton where you're like, okay, they're just too big for this game. You know, they have just way too much power. But to see a guy his size do it. Yeah. I, mean, I know we talk about it all the time, but you're just, you're witnessing something. Just, I mean, it's a once in a generation talent. It's like that home run that McGuire hit that broke the record. Remember, it was like a line drive that you didn't think was going to hit. Was going to hit. The, you thought it was going to hit the left field wall and went over. Yeah, but yeah, he I mean, doesn't have the being the too strong. Fifty pounds of, uh, 50 pounds of assistance that McGuire. Did. No, but can imagine. Can you imagine him with a little oh help? God. <laughs> It'd be Barry Bonds. That yeah, exactly, exactly, because he is what Bonds was doing before Bonds went on the steroids, but when Bonds was just the best player in baseball and a 40-40 guy, a 30, you know, routinely 30-30. Yeah. That's what Acuna is, and a little better than that, you know. He's a little better than that right now. Higher average, a little more power, a little more, lot more lot more stolen bases. But, yeah, that's what uh, Bonds was before uh, before he got juiced. Anyway, it was, uh, it was really impressive last night. Five homers, and uh, it was like, they get a 3-0 lead in the first inning. Max gives it back in the second inning. And most off, most teams, you'd be like, oh, shit, you just gave up a lead. Now, now, it's, now they're in trouble. This team is just relentless, though. They just kept pounding home runs and pulled away. Uh, and they did it last night without Austin Riley, who was sick. He was, he was throwing up all night the night before. Called uh, George Poulos, the trainer, and told him. And they said, don't even come. Just stay home. Don't want to spread it. You know, they think it's just a 24-hour bug. We'll see. But... They're going to have to Photoshop him in a team photo. <laughs> like Otani? Yeah, they took it yesterday. Yeah, I thought Max did a great job yesterday because you could tell he was he was off. You know, I mean, he was pulling a lot of fastballs, hanging some breaking balls. But, I mean, yeah. that's kind of – that's that ace mentality where even when you're – you know, I think that's what Strider needs to learn. When And he, he mentioned it himself. But yeah, when you don't yeah. have it, you find Max finds that way to get through and turn it into a good start even when he – I mean, for me, obviously, yesterday, he didn't have his stuff. Yeah, you know, I looked at the, the numbers. His, uh, his velo was down about a mile an hour. His spin rates were down on all his pitches a little bit. And the, then the horizontal break on his slider was, that was not the same. So I'll add all that up. And, and it's kind of all related, too, obviously. That, uh, but, you know, we've talked about this. At 98, 99 miles an hour, he gets away with throwing more fastballs down the middle than anybody in baseball that don't get hit. Yep. Cause of, uh, you know, what we've talked about, his release point is so much lower and, and his extension is another half foot than most guys. Uh, he's five eleven, whereas most hard throwers are six, four, six, three, six, five, all those things add up to his ball in a, having the appearance of being rising, even though it's not, it's just not dropping, coming down like most guys who are throwing six, four and a, you know, but when he's throwing 98, 99, he can get away with that down the middle, which he does all the time. But when he's throwing 96, 95, he can't get away with that as much, man. Yeah. And he doesn't get a lot of learning opportunities. You know, to be honest, it's a lot harder to learn how to pitch Yeah, when you basically your fastballs are get out of jail free card. You know, right. The guys that learn how to pitch are the guys that live their whole life throwing 92, 93 and work their way up in the big leagues like Elder or somebody like that. For Strider, it's like he only gets an opportunity to, for me to get better every, once every five or six starts that he has that are like this. But the learning curve is going to be slower because if he can go out and 
I wouldn't call it pitch like shit, but maybe, you know, maybe kind of yeah. not really pitch and not really get much out of it because his stuff's so good. You know, I mean, he could throw fastballs down the middle. You're not learning anything from right being able to throw 99 all over the place and your fastball is just too good to hit. So those are the games when the spin's down, the velo's a little down, maybe the extension's down or your mechanics are off that those are his learning opportunities. So I think it'd be maybe a little slower learning curve for him to kind of figure those games out because he just doesn't get many of them. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's what he said after the game is he's got to learn, figure something out, how to be effective when either when things aren't lined up, when he's either not feeling good or the other team's just taking great swings or whatever it is. He said, I got to learn to be effective in those instances because it said it's happened too many times this year, and it has. If you look at his numbers, he's had about five or six of those starts, you know, that are not just uh, pretty good. They're bad, you know, and he doesn't go deep into games, which is what's ruined his ERA and taking him out of the Cy Young. Because here's a guy that's going to have – he's not going to get 300 strikeouts anymore. It would look like at one point he would. But he's still going to have like 100 more strikeouts than anybody else, uh, you know, the most of the guys, at least 50 more than anybody else. And uh, But his ERA is more than a run higher than Steels and Snells. And, and a, yeah. an ERA, a run higher is going to make a big difference. Yeah, it I does. Think, I think you could cool. probably take a look at his season. There's a lot of guys that there's not really any starts you can pinpoint. You know, like maybe they go through the whole year and they give up two or two to four runs every single time all season. Right. And at the end of the year, you look at it and it's a great season. Um, his He has one of those seasons where I bet you, if you remove five, he'd have like a one, two ERA in the rest of them. If you know, if you... <laughs> if you really were to pick his five worst. And that's that's the same thing we're talking about, where when he doesn't have it and he's a little off, you know, I mean, you got to think about, yeah. maybe I just throw a shit ton of sliders today, or maybe today's my day for my changeup, but he just doesn't have to search a lot, you know, because it's his fastball is so good and it's this extension and everything's pretty consistent to where most of the time he doesn't have to search in the middle of his starch, it's just there. You know, he's worked on something each of the each of his first couple of years, uh, each of the last couple of years, and really, really honed something in the off season. Don't you think it'd be smart for him to really work on that change up this off season and make it a pitch where he throws it more than two or three times, like throws it ten times in a game? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure he is working on it. Like some guys, you know, the way like I played with this yeah. guy Sean Doolittle, and he couldn't figure out a slider to save his life, and he worked on it right. every day. And the way he lined up and the way he threw, you know, obviously he was a reliever, so you don't get as many uh, in-between starts opportunities. But, I mean, you kind of just – until the right grip hits and the right kind of visual for how you want to release that ball hits, uh-huh. I mean, you can work on it 
all the freaking time. And then and it, and it goes back to two is like he doesn't get a chance to really throw that change up in games if it's not there and you're striking out 14. Yeah. Why are you going to risk mixing that in? You right, know, right. so it's sure. But yeah, he's got to. You have to have something to go to when your stuff's off, whether it's just throwing a ton of sliders to make your fastball, you know, play back up to where it should. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I mean, I just, I keep going back. To, I just think it's, it's tough to get better when you're as good as he is most of the time. Uh, along, along the, I was looking at his, at his uh, games now, his, uh, his day by days, his pitching lines. And it's exactly what you said. He has of his 28 starts this year. He has had, 17 starts where he gave up two earned runs or fewer. 16 of those, 16, he went six or more innings. Yeah. Of the ones he gave up two innings. Then he's had two starts where he gave up three earned runs in five innings. And then he's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, where he gave up four earned runs or more. And Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six of those was five innings or less. That includes his worst were eight earned runs and four innings against the Mets, six earned runs and two and two-thirds against the Pirates, six earned runs and two and two-thirds last night against the Cardinals, five and five, five earned runs and five innings at Detroit, and then five in six innings against the White Sox, which what did all those teams have in common? Does that he that he had his worst outings against? They're all ten games or, or more under five hundred this year, including the Mets. But those other teams are pretty bad: Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Detroit, White Sox. His best games have come against the better teams. Yeah, I mean, it, and that could be a mental thing. You know, I had uh-huh. this tendency to check out against the Marlins. You know, we play we play Philly or the Mets or somebody that I knew I had to lock in against, and then we play the Marlins, where it was like you know they had a righty heavy lineup. You kind of just took the game for granted, cruised into it. Next thing I know, I'm first and third, no outs, and it's too late to lock in. But I wouldn't – I don't know. I wouldn't expect him to take any start for granted because he's so smart. And you have all this time to prepare for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They could just be – you know, sometimes you get these teams that they're bad because they don't have an approach, and that's almost a good thing against Strider. Or you just never get off the fastball or don't think. But, yeah, that's a hard one to – really pinpoint why i mean could be another one of those just random things but i guess like for for him if he can't the only thing that scares you is like when you if you're if you have this tendency to be either dominant or bad what happens in the playoffs you know what happens when when it happens to be your off day and we need you yeah i mean if he has an off day like he had last year you could blame it on the oblique you know because he hadn't pitched in in a couple of weeks and uh and then he and he and he was great for two innings against the Phillies, and then he just had nothing, and he just fell apart. So, yeah, they can't afford that. I mean, sure, they got a great bullpen, and they can go to the quick hook, but you don't want to have to do that on his day. You want to have to do that on your third or fourth starter's day, you know? Yeah. If you have to do it at all. But he just went – he just was uh, had a stretch of six starts where he was four and two with a two four five ERA, 47 strikeouts, 12 walks and two homers allowed and six starts. That was for the L.A. game. The last two, the Dodgers game and the Cardinals game, he has given up 10 earned runs in eight and two-thirds innings. 
10 on runs, 10, hit, 10 hits, five walks, 14 strikeouts, and two homers, a homer in each of those. After not giving up a home run in the previous five starts. I wish I had access to everything, you know, because, uh, you know, as a pitchy coach, you could look at, okay, these days that he's getting hit, what's what's different? Is it extension? You said the spin was down. Okay, and then you yeah. can kind of, you could toy around with some things and, and, and kind of clean it up or, or you're almost stabbing in the dark sometimes, but just see what changes that, you know, what am I flying open? Am I, am I rushing through my delivery? Am I staying back too long? Um, but what differences are causing these difference in the metrics that obviously lead to the days I get hit? Yeah. These last two have probably cost him the side. I think he had a good chance before these last two, because, uh, you know, he's going to have like three starts left. Before that, I mean, he he had 26 starts, and he was uh, the team had won 21 of them. He was 15 and four with a 3.46 ERA. 3.46 sounds a lot better than 3.83. You know, I mean, th- under 3.5, and he had 236 strikeouts and 47 walks in 153 innings. You know, just blows everybody else away with the strikeouts. But you know. And a 204 opponents average, 623 OPS. But now all those are all those have gone up sharply in these last two starts. So anyway, anyway, that's not an important thing. The important thing is he's ready for the postseason. Uh, the, one of the questions, in fact, was, uh, let's see here. I had a question from Shelton says, should they consider giving Spencer Strider a 15 day IL stint to give him some rest heading into the postseason, or could really just be as simple as this good team, bad team splits? The last thing they should do is give him a 15-day IL stamp because we just saw what happened last year when he had an IL stamp before the postseason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was that was he was actually injured. He had the oblique, but he was. I mean, he tried to come back and, and against the Phillies, and the, by the third inning, he was just out of gas. He had nothing left, and and they killed him. So no, that's not the answer. The answer is. You know, you're not going to push him hard and long in these starts, but he's got to get sharp, man. He's got to do that by pitching. Yeah, the last thing you want to do, even if it is fatigue, because then you're not learning how to pitch when you're tired. But the last thing you want to do when you're struggling is take time off. I mean, if I know yeah. him, he's already working today. It, it, there's, yeah, you just you have to you have to find your way through these things and, and just putting them on the IL and then letting them pitch fresh again. You know, maybe that sets you up for the playoffs. Maybe it doesn't, but one, it doesn't give him a chance to fix it. And two, he already knows how to pitch when he's fresh and everything feels good. Like this is the right. learning opportunity is working your way through these spells. And you know, it's like what you see with veteran players, as far as hitting goes, their slumps get shorter and shorter and shorter. And you can't find your way out of this without battling and figuring out, okay, when I go out and I don't have extension or my fastball velos down, what am I doing mechanically? And then once you get that answer, you have that answer in your pocket for the rest of your career. But until you work your way through it and find your way out of it and, and solve the riddle, it, I mean, you're just, you're just stuck. You know, I mean, it, and that's what I'm saying is he wants to get an answer for this so that if it pops up in the playoffs, shit, I don't have it today. Okay, how did I fix it last time? You know, maybe I... Maybe I threw a lot more change-ups. Maybe I threw a bunch more sliders. Maybe yeah. when my fastball's getting hit, I'm rushing through my delivery or my direction's off. But there's all these different – these. there's just a ton of different things that lead to your struggles in baseball, and you don't get better without working through it. You know, And putting him on the IL would just be hiding from it, and then it could pop up in the playoffs, and he wouldn't have the answers. But these next three starts, he could get those answers that pay off in the playoffs. Yeah, and one of them is going to come against the Phillies. 
Yeah. So uh, the Phillies right see. now, I agree with the people on here saying uh, they're they're a little scary right now. I mean, the Braves ain't scared of them, but they are playing really good ball now after you know kind of dealing with injuries and slumps all year. They're kind of a bunch of guys are really starting to put it together right now. Schwarber's hit a ton of home runs recently. Trey Turner's playing now up to what he's used to what what we what we expected from him. Bryce is playing. I mean, they they got some guys going now, man, and their pitching is really good. They're starting pitching. Um, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting series. They got the Braves got three against the Pirates, and they really need to take advantage of this. After you know they woke up last night, I, I I would be surprised if they if they didn't win two out of three at least against the Pirates, and they should sweep them. I know the Pirates are not terrible or anything, but they should sweep them. A weekend series will be packed, unlike uh, unlike these last three games against the Cardinals. It's going to be packed. They're going to retire Andrews' jersey tonight. Um, if they can, if they could sweep the Pirates, then that gets the magic number down to seven, regardless of what the Phillies do. And say the Phillies lose, you know, one of the next three, then it's down to six, and you go into Philly for four games in three days. You could, you could uh, clinch with three wins in those four games at Philly, head to head. Yeah, that, I, you know. I think that where are they at with the Dodgers? With the best record thing. Yeah, uh, the Dodgers have lost five out of six games, man. Good. They're, that's yeah, that's done. The Dodgers lost three out of four to the Braves, and then they got then the Mar- the Marlins killed them. Oh yeah, they got six on the Dodgers. Oh yeah, I mean that's I think obviously clinching early is a is a big thing, but you know you're going to clinch. I think that the the home field's the one that you really keep your eyes on. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. The Dodgers are are uh, slipping, and um, so they're. Uh, yeah, they're eighty-five and fifty-four, and the Braves are ninety-one and forty-eight. Can you can you believe the Mariners won one hundred and sixteen games one year? Because it feels like this team is playing as good as you can play. Yep. And then the Mariners lost in the ALCS, right, to the Yankees. Yep. Just got yep. swept, didn't they? Yeah, they got their ass kicked. Soriano beat them up. Yeah. Um. Said. Matt, Matt said, man, I forgot how close Ronnie came to 40-40 in 2019. Three more steals. Yes, and if you remember, he injured his hamstring. That's right. The second second to last week, and they debated whether to even send him on that trip. I think he skipped one series, maybe. They didn't want him to play, and then, but he, and, but he could not run that last week because of the hamstring, or he would have got it. He'd have been 40-40. He'd be going for it. He'd be going for only the, the – he'd be the first guy to get 40-40 twice. If uh, he had not injured the hamstring then, which is, you know, a reminder of how quickly things can change. I mean, that's how a base steal or a guy, you know, you're only a hamstring injury away from everything just coming to a halt. Yeah, that's why I really hope he gets it because you only get so many. You get old, you know, you only get so many shots at at accomplishing this. And I think it'd just be a nice little, it'd be icing on the cake for the season he's put together. It's been crazy how healthy he's been able to stay, man, this year as far as not even like a hamstring tweak, all those head first slides. I mean, you've got to think about it. he's between stealing bases and always taking an extra base and still always uh, sliding head first. He's probably slid head first a hundred some times this year. <laughs> yeah. You know? Without without injuring a finger or wrist or anything. And I, I, I don't want to say that in like somebody else had jinxed him if somehow. Oh, you're good. I just knocked on wood. But he, uh, you know, where's the oven mitt, thankfully now, and all that. And he's learned how to slide as safely as you can, sliding headfirst. I still don't like headfirst slides, but 
they are a lot more effective in some situations. So, but that's just what he, he and most of the younger players are comfortable doing. So they don't do hook slides. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, you know, and in some cases, especially a guy with who's had a knee injury, you'll be reluctant to do a hook slot anyway, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's been the most impressive is just if you looked at a move last year versus this year, they're two different players. Oh, God, night and day, man. You could tell he was just he was playing hurt last year. There was still fluid in the knee from time to time, just swelling, just normal stuff. But, you know, he had to get a drain some. And, uh, you know, they told him you're not going to re-injure playing on it. It's just not going to be comfortable. But, you know, he had no confidence. He couldn't rotate and all that. This year, you can just tell he's healthy. He's just, uh, he's just like, he's like you just threw out the uh, last year and you reverted to that, what his 2021 form before he got hurt, which is why I mean, he's even, he's even better now. And I think it goes back to the conversation we had about Strider where you don't get many opportunities to learn. And that, that, you know, obviously an injury like that's not a blessing, but you can turn it into a positive that he got to play for, however many months last year at probably 70% and be human. <laughs> you know, he had a chance to be human for a season. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh Seitzer said, you know, we didn't know last year if he's going to be get, you know, with, when the knee was hurt and if he's going to get back to being the, the pre-injury Ronnie he goes, and he did, and he's better. <laughs> he kind of, yeah. he's got to skip that and went to better. So, Daniel, no, you should know we don't get updates on guys before we get to the ballpark. The Braves never do that. Almost never, unless, uh, you know, unless a guy's getting put on the IL. We never get so-and-so went to see the doctor because they don't. Most of the time, they don't even they don't even do that until they get to the ballpark themselves. And they don't have the players come in, you know, at 10 in the morning, you know, unless it's uh, something that, that really needs to get checked out. They announce that stuff when we get the manager before the game. Hey, it's a big life change when you stop playing and you try to get a doctor's appointment that takes two weeks or th- <laughs> you know, two or three weeks. It, yeah. It's so nice when you're when you're an active player, the doctor just meets you at the field. <laughs> yeah. When are you gonna examine? When can you get here? <laughs> we'll be here. Uh, is the forty forty club kind of a new thing that baseball writers are paying attention to? Uh, Rod got ninth in the MVP race when he joined in 1998. Soriano got sixth when he joined. No, it's not a new thing. There's only four guys that are in it. That's why it's a big thing. It's only four. <laughs> Ken Spaco was the first in 88. I, I think so, you just don't get to talk about it much, you know, because it's right. not a realistic thing most seasons, so you don't hear about it a ton. But anytime somebody's knocking on the door, it's a big deal. Right. I mean, because and especially with stolen bases going way down in the last decade and all the emphasis being on home runs and all that, you know, guys stop running bases and guys stop stealing. Now the the, uh, analytics have told them that if you can steal at a certain rate, then it pays to steal. And and teams are doing it at that rate. Arizona has a huge, great stolen base rate. So they're stealing all the time. So analytically, it tells you it makes sense if you can do it at be successful at a certain rate. And if you can't, then it doesn't make sense to run. So, but no, to answer your question, no, it's not a new thing. It's uh, just never done. I mean, it was, you know, it's been done four times 
in what 88 was it Canseco's first year of the year that he did it. So that's 35 years. And, um, think about how many guys, how many times, how many uh, players, base dealers, home run hitters have played this game over 150 years or whatever it is. It's been done four times. Four. Yeah, that's insane. And it's not like Ryan's just going to be 40 40 if he gets it. Like we said, he's going to be 40 70, you know, 40 65, which, you know. And hitting almost 340. Yeah. And he's not going to win. You're, you're implying that he's going to win MVP because of that if he gets in. No, that's not why he's going to win MVP. And most of the guys that, that are in the 40 40 club, I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think. I don't know if any of them or more than one of them even led the majors in stolen bases when they did it. Right. Cunha's leading the majors by a wide margin. Well, there's one guy relatively close, but leading the National League by, you know, like I said, 50%. But yeah. But I looked it up a couple weeks ago and it was like Canseco hit 307, Bonds hit 308, Soriano hit 277, Arod had the best average at 310, and he was 25 points higher than that. Yeah, if he wins MVP, it's going to be – I mean, whether he gets 40 home runs or 38, I don't think it's going He's to get winning. changed. I don't think it's going to matter one MVP vote, not one, no. when the guys weigh it. It's just something fun to talk about because only four guys have done it. But it's not going to be what decides MVP. If he goes just one of those round numbers, you know, that, that really right. hammers the point home. Right, and it might, you know, help in a Hall of Fame someday when guys are, you know, had a 40-40 season or whatever, but – I don't know, but it's not going to help guys. And when they vote MVP, no, I don't know. One guy will, will vote for him because he got 40 homers instead of 39. That's not going to happen. Yeah. He's going to win MVP because he's hitting 331 with a 411 OBP, a 579 slug, and a 990 OPS. Leads the majors in hits, runs, and now total bases. He moved ahead of Shohei last night in total bases. Yeah, that's ridiculous. There's, when you look up his baseball reference after this season, there's going to be a lot of numbers in bold. Yeah, he's got total bases 327 now. Shohei's at 325, and next is Matt Olson at 315. How about the Braves have half of the major league's top six in total bases on one team? <laughs> 30 major league teams, they have half of the top six. Riley's at sixth with a, uh, 282 stolen bases or 282 total bases. You know, it feels weird how convincingly I say this is the best offense I've ever watched just because it's such a bold statement. But then you bring up stuff like that, and it's like I can't think of any team that I've I've followed or paid attention to that was even close. Hey, Paul Goldberg said it last night. It's the best one he's ever seen, and he goes, it's probably the best one in, in a century. He goes, it's got to be top five all time if it's not the best. He says it's the best yeah. one he's ever seen. Yeah, and they can pitch too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to get the better. They need to get better pitching. We're reminded that the offense can't do it alone. In the last, you know, when you get a bad start, um, I guess the good news before we get out of here with Soroka, uh, it really, you really had to worry with the numb fingers because a lot of times that's the sign of a Tommy John of an elbow injury. But he had nothing more than uh, forearm inflammation. They said that was what's causing the numbness. So he'll just shut it down. If it was April. He'd pitch again, you know, probably in June, but because that, that's kind of what uh, Freed had, you know, a forearm strain. But um, there's not enough time, obviously, for him to shut it down and then pitch again this year. So they'll just have him shut it down. So that's two years in a row. You know, the last two years he's had to shut it down and end it after, obviously, 
what happened in the previous two before that when he was coming back from the from the uh, two Achilles thing. So been a hell of a long road for that dude, man. You just pull for him. God, I'm happy he's getting a break. Yeah, I know he doesn't want it, but I can't imagine how. I mean, just how draining it would be to be as good as he was. Yeah, and then just fighting and fighting and fighting, and it seems like he pitches really well in AAA, and then comes up and gives up a bloop single and a homer, and he's just right back to square one. There's some years made, where you just he want made, him to end. It was a good thing is he made twenty some starts this year between the majors yeah. and AAA, and didn't have an injury until this, so that's a good sign. Nothing with the legs, no problems with Achilles and all that. So anyway, all right, that's it. We'll uh, we'll do another one of these after the weekend series against the Pirates. From uh, from Philadelphia, probably after they do the doubleheader Monday, we'll probably do one Tuesday morning since they can play two games Monday. So that's going to be weird to start a series with a doubleheader like that on a Monday. Yeah. But, all right, we're coming down to the wire here, man, and all of a sudden all these Braves are right back in there. Oh, Olsen, by the way, only four home runs from Andrew's record now. He's going to get that record. He's on pace for like 54. He's tied with Hank Aaron and Eddie Matthews. For second most all time. Can you believe that? This organization with all they've had, Chippers, Justice, Big Cat, you know, Ronnie Gant, Eddie Matthews, Hank Aaron, he's tied for second with 47 homers. That's the that's the most Hank ever had. That's the craziest thing about it is Hank put up those numbers just hitting 35 a year forever. Yeah. He had 44 like three times, had 47 once. And Eddie Matthews hit 500 homers, you know? Yep. Those guys were just consistent. So, yeah, he's at 47. He's going to get 50. Uh, you know, barring, some, barring something unforeseen, you know, another 18-game drought, he's going to get it. Um, and uh, that's that's something. He's going to get 50-some home runs. And he's still leading the majors in RBIs. He's going to lead. And with uh, Shohei Hurt, he's going to lead the majors probably in homers and RBIs and not win MVP. And teammate is going to win MVP. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, so, I mean, tough break. You got to do it on the right year. That's crazy, man. All right. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate the conversation, the questions. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. 75 is real. We're out.